It's time to Neighbours. Welcome to Neighbites. This is a mini episode of Neighbours, the Neighbours Recap Podcast. I'm Vaya, and to, we usually, in these little editions, just talk about one moment of the week on Neighbours instead of every little thing that happened. And I'm joined by fellow podcaster Sally from the podcast Sweet Valley Y. Hello. Hi. Sally is actually... In Switzerland, which I'm fascinated by, we met at the London edition of Neighbours, where you're from London, I'm assuming. I'm all over the shop. Where are you from? How did you end up in Switzerland, Sally? Right. So, yeah, I'm from very near to London. I grew up in a town just northwest of London, and I moved out to Switzerland four years ago for work. Um, I'm a translator, so... Yeah, when you're a translator, you kind of have to move where the work is. And I came to Switzerland, and I've been here ever since. Um, but I have still an obsession with neighbours <laughs> and um, a whole bunch of friends who I'm friends with through neighbours fandom. And everyone was going to your podcast recording, and I didn't want to miss out. And I happened to be in England at the time anyway, but I extended my visit by a day so I could come and... Oh come to the recording yes you give you give me so much cred sally because when people <laughs> ask me oh you did your podcast in london okay that's nice and i went yes and i had someone who came from switzerland and they were <laughs> and they're like oh okay this is serious this is big <laughs> yeah yeah the international community of neighbors the massive Swi- <laughs> swiss contingent <laughs> yeah i have actually come over to to london for events before because um last year Channel 5 asked members of the Art of Neighbours, invited us to come and watch a special screening of the Hotel Death Trap episode. And when I found out that I could go to that, I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> of course I'm going to come all the way to London spontaneously with like a week's notice. Yeah, that was a great, that was a great initiative. <laughs> it was really fun. So, I mean, you know, I travel anywhere for Neighbours pretty much. <laughs> Do they, I don't want to ask it to put you in a difficult position, but do they screen it in Switzerland? (laughs) Um, No, they don't. (laughs) At least I don't think so. I have uh, an amazing cable package, which gives me all sorts of European channels. So I watch on Channel 5, but in Switzerland. And so you watch Neighbours ever since you were a kid and stuff? Yep. I'm a year older than Neighbours, so I don't remember life without it. I actually remember Scott and Charlene and I remember like Guy Pearce being in it and all of that kind of era and I have fond memories of kind of Harold and Madge in their early times because that was my kind of earliest memories of it I guess and also I I also remember Bouncer's Dream and all of the the crazy (laughs) stuff that happened around about then and um, Clive in the boxing match on his he had some kind of weird Christmas day dream when he was knocked out or something I don't remember anyway I, I remember a surreal episode involving Clive and boxing on <laughs> Christmas are you happy to have current Clive dropping in I'm so happy I love that he's back I can't really explain why but there's something about it makes me so happy there's something comforting about him yeah but I would say that my favorite era was maybe actually round about the time when the sort of mid 2000s Round about the time when Paul came back, I really liked a lot of the storylines that were happening around about then and the characters. I really liked Sky. I was so happy that you met her in LA recently because I, I really liked her character. I was thrilled to hear that she has such a fondness for Sky too and would 
come back in a second and do some more sky stuff on neighbors because how good would that be oh it would be amazing just get her in with the kids <laughs> three kids yeah, who, whoever the dad is we're not sure <laughs> just a, <laughs> a unnamed partner it's a timmons it's their tim they've got timmons blood in them those kids <laughs> yeah oh i mean they can bring back dylan as well i'd be quite happy with that i loved him and i yeah i really like it as well when the actors have respect for the show you know yeah i like it when they talk about their gratitude for it and they're not just like oh yeah that piece of rubbish that I was in but prefer to forget I I like it when they kind of don't think that they're too important for that yeah so now your podcast Sweet Valley Why yes is an analysis of the Sweet Valley High books which is brilliant and you co-host with friend of the show friend of neighbors Hayley Father Bananas on Twitter yes How did this come about? Um, It was actually inspired by you because we came to the live recording and we had talked at various times, Hayley and me, about how we liked Sweet Valley High when we were younger and we had had various discussions about it that became quite lengthy. And then when we were at your recording, I think then we were talking to you about it, we discovered you were also a fan of the books when you were younger. And in fact, you'll be in our next episode as well of Sweet Valley Wise, our guest, which is very exciting. I think one of us as a joke said something about how we should do a podcast about it. Then actually quite a lot of people were really enthusiastic about the idea. And then we went, okay, sod it, let's just do it. Let's just let's just make a podcast about this. And we just sort of started doing it before we'd really even had time to think about whether it was yes a good idea or not, or whether we had enough time or anything. We just were really enthusiastic about it and started and it's Good fun. Although I really hate listening to my own voice, so it's been quite a learning curve. Oh, your voice is very soothing. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a podcast enabler. I'm always like, yes, that one, that one, that one. And I didn't think, with Neighbours, I didn't think about how long things would take or how much time I would have to put into it. I just like, no, I'm doing this. Okay, doing it. (laughs) Yeah, I think sometimes that's what you have to do. Otherwise, you just never do anything. And for people that, if someone's listening and you want to start one, just Google a bunch of stuff about how to start one. Or you can email neighbourspod at gmail.com and I'll just tell you what I did (laughs) about equipment and everything. Because I used to work in radio, but they don't teach you how to make your own podcast there. So it's it's still, it's all very new and it's changing and everyone has a different setup. So it was a lot of asking friends that had them what they did and what equipment they used and then YouTube and Google (laughs) the rest of it. So you can just do it. It is really overwhelming if you start to Google. So it's better if you can ask for advice from someone who has a bit of experience. Sometimes when I, I think about the fact that I'm now investing hours of my life in reading low quality children's books and watching <laughs> low quality sitcom for the TV episodes of Sweet Valley High. And I, I just think, what on earth am I doing? <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, just just don't ask yourself why. Just keep doing it. <laughs> better not to think too much about it I was I went to a wedding last night and everyone was a lot of people were, oh so what do you do in your spare time and so obviously I explained this that did this to them usually they're like really excited and then okay I've never heard anyone say that before but you watch a lot of neighbors and you talk about it okay fair enough the thing with having neighbors as a as a hobby people are usually a bit sort of amused by it and then they ask things like <laughs> is Harold still alive and my boss always wants to know is Jane still in it Plain Jane seems great. So speaking of going to great lengths for neighbours, Kate and I, our regular co-host Kate, 
tonight, or when you're listening to this, we would have already done it. We're going to see, we're going to go see Keep Gambling in the musical adaptation of The Bodyguard. Oh, wow. I'm quite jealous. Yeah, we got cheap tickets because it's it's grand final weekend in in Melbourne, in Australia. I say in Australia, but really our state is the most passionate about football. I am not. I could care less. But it's it was the AFL football grand final and it's a it's become this huge whole weekend bonanza. And so Friday was a public holiday and Saturday was the football final. And because of that, they've had cheap tickets to all these theater shows. So I went and got half price tickets to the bodyguard (laughs) to go and see Kip Gamblin as the bodyguard. However, part of me is thinking he better not have taken a long weekend for the football or I'm going to have some words because <laughs> I do not want the understudy for this because he's the only reason I'm going. I've got to see Drab. Yeah, I am i don't know if I'd go and see the bodyguard if it weren't for the fact that there's a neighbour's person in it. But wait, yeah. hang on. So do you, you have a public holiday because of the football? It's the worst. It's so embarrassing. Wow. It's recent. It's only They only brought it in two years ago and we all were like, what are you doing? That's not a real thing. <laughs> and it wasn't even for the – it's not even for the whole country. It's just for Victoria. So other states are like, why aren't you at work? Like I'm emailing people <laughs> on Thursday with work admin and they're emailing me back like, cool, I'll get that to you tomorrow. I'm like, um, just wait till Monday because I'm not here. Because <laughs> of football <laughs> For stupid day. reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm interested to see how Neighbours is going to reflect the grand final if they do or if they just talk about the – um, the dingoes or something instead but my point is Kip better be there watch this space if this is in the future where Kate and I were going to do a buzz off a vlog for YouTube to, about our experiences going to see the bodyguard <laughs> so have, we'll keep you posted on if that happened or not now let's talk about an episode from this week's Neighbours. I actually don't know. I watched them all in a big chunk, so I don't know what day this happened. But it was the week commencing the the 25th of September, 2017, anyway. And there's some – firstly, there's some weird shenanigans going on with Tyler's real dad and his boat schemes. And I, yeah. it's become a Scooby-Doo episode now because I can't cope with them. No, that's one of the worst storylines I've seen in a long time, I think. It's just, it's actually, I nearly switched off the other day. The only good thing about this is the fact that Hamish has such a an implausible accent. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know. Where's he supposed to come from? Has it ever been explained? Yeah, well, it's he's supposed to be from South Africa, but everyone that I've spoken to can't detect a South African accent in that. I thought he was English. I mean, he also clearly thinks that he's in some kind of Shakespearean drama. He delivers every single line like a kind of tragic soliloquy or something. And <laughs> I can't, you know, I'm just fascinated by the way he speaks. But I'm so fascinated by the way he speaks that I can't actually absorb anything he's saying. And maybe that's a good thing because whenever I do pay attention to the storyline, I find it implausible and boring at the same time, which is a bad combination. I just find myself more fascinated in his relationship with um, Louise, his accomplice slash girlfriend. Who is she as well? I guess she's just a working actor in Melbourne. I haven't really – her face looks familiar. Like maybe I've seen her in an ad or something, but she's not – I've not really – yeah, she must just be kicking around, doing her thing. But they're very – they look very different, which is fine, but they've got this – they both look very specific. It's almost like a cartoon. 
it's it's cartoon characters and they somehow found each other and found love and now they're on this boat heist so I'm, I'd rather see a spin-off of their romance and on the seven seas it also just seems what's going on with them have I missed an explanation as to why exactly he needs to con Tyler out of a boat because doesn't really make much sense to me but if he needs to is he trying to evade the law or something because that's what it feels like well he's got his 35 million dollar tax debt but oh, her, okay. she, she keeps alluding to having done something so she keeps saying oh i shouldn't have done it i should have and i part of me is thinking maybe they knocked off pa brennan maybe like they did him in i mean i have been wondering how how the hell he has pa brennan's phone because that is a bit strange and yes it's starting to feel a bit sinister yeah, and I i mean, I also just kind of think if you need to escape because you've got a $35 million tax bill or whatever, then surely there are easier ways to do it than trying to manipulate your recently estranged son or until very recently estranged son yeah. into not selling his inheritance. But it's a very tenuous plan. And dye your hair, put some glasses on, change your name, get a fake ID. Yeah. Go move to the, move to the country or something. I mean, look how easy it's been proved to be. Like, Andrea managed to fake her entire identity. So, you know, it's quite easy to con people in Erinsborough. Yeah, someone on Twitter was saying, welcome to Neighbours, you're a new character. If you do not have a secret identity, one will be assigned to you. <laughs> and it's it's just become Scooby-Doo. It's how many imposters have we had? We had, uh, well, obviously Andrea earlier in the year. Sonia's uncle appeared and... We'd found out he was her real dad. Um, before that, she had an uncle who was... Oh, well, there was a guy who was pretending to be her uncle as well. Her fake uncle. Oh, what? Yeah. A few years ago, um, this guy turned up and I think he was he was trying to get her money or something. But it turned out that he was a friend, an old friend of her real uncle. And he was just pretending to be her oh uncle. Oh, my God. And before Paige came, there was... I think it was a girl called Lisa who... Came to scam Drab and Loz. Yeah. Like, I'm your daughter. She looked much more like Lauren than... She did, yeah. Paige did, does. And then Xanthi appeared saying, hey, I'm your bonus daughter. And and then obviously the Tanakas arrived and, hey, Paul's our bonus dad. And has this always happened or is this just we're now hyper aware of it or... Is this just something, a crutch they're leaning on in the storytelling? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there have been way too many female scam artists in it lately as well, because we had Brooke, who was trying to con everyone by selling them fake jewellery. And then Andrea, as soon as she left, Andrea turned up and was trying to con Toadie out of money. There was Dakota, the diamond diamond thief. (laughs) Yeah, and, and just a kind of succession of female characters who were just trying to scam people basically and it's yeah it feels a little bit uh unpleasant yeah and it's cheap and it's easy and how much more complicated and interesting would it have been if it didn't have to be this guy but if tyler's dad did appear and he had all these confronting feelings like well do i want to love this stranger do I, I have a loyalty to my dad who hurt me? How am I feeling about this new guy? How does it affect my relationship with my brothers? Like there's just, maybe it doesn't sound interesting on paper, but I just feel like it would be so much more rich and believable. No, I feel the same way actually, because I think this has been a problem with quite a lot of the storylines lately, or it's at the root of 
why I haven't enjoyed the storylines as much as I could have done, that I don't think that they trust enough in the powerful effect that a really, just a a purely emotional storyline can have. I don't think they trust enough that a storyline that's purely based on the character's emotions and reactions and and just that kind of simplicity would be interesting enough to the viewers. Because, you know, first you, yeah. you had D as we thought, turning up. And, you know, that was the few episodes where she came back and we all thought she was really D. Remember those golden days when we really thought it was D? Um, mm. She... That that was those were some of the best episodes I've seen in years. It felt really they were beautiful. And yeah, exactly. It was beautiful, and I was so excited to watch every episode because I just thought this is incredible. The acting was good, the writing was good, the emotions were good. Like everything that they did really hit the right notes. It really felt like they were just like it was a very. I mean, of course, it was quite an unrealistic situation, but it felt very believable somehow. And then it was almost as if they went, whoops, that's not interesting enough. We have to give her a secret scamming story. And then it just was twist after twist. You know, there was, yeah. you've got a daughter. Oh, no, she's not really your daughter. Oh, I'm D. I'm not really D. And it was very strange. Oh, I want your money. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and now we've got what could just be a kind of bloke discovering that the man he thought was his biological father is in fact not his biological father and there's this other guy who's come into his life and dealing with the complexity of all of that could be really really interesting and instead they've just kind of he's dealt with it he seems fine with it in like five minutes yeah and to me it feels like a freak shake you know these trends at the moment of milkshakes like you've got the milkshake and then they add whipped cream and then they add topping and then sprinkles and a donut and a cake and it's it's like, hang on, I was pretty happy just with my milkshake and now you've added all this other stuff. And sure, that's immediately satisfying when I consume it. But then afterwards, you're just left feeling sick because you're like, <laughs> hang on, I just can't, I just wanted one thing and now you've added 12 other things that I didn't need. I, f- I mean, for me, it's like one of those really sickening milkshakes where even as you're drinking it, you're thinking this isn't a good idea, but you keep <laughs> going anyway. Yeah. And I promised, like I said, I wouldn't talk to you about the boat because it was making us annoyed, but we did anyway. So let's let's talk about something that I am happy to see, and that is someone getting treatment for their mental health, which I always love to see. Long overdue. Yes, Toad Fisher-Becky has a psychologist, and he is getting, well, he's getting even more regular treatment than is um, than was called for. He's getting like three sessions a day with this guy. <laughs> Getting one of his five a day. Yeah. He was recommended this guy from he Nell's psychologist, his child his child's psychologist. And Toadie's jumped straight in and we've meet we meet Sam, uh, who seems delightful. Toadie is really getting a lot out of the, out of the sessions and I really have, am enjoying seeing the sessions play out. They're giving them time to breathe. They're letting us hear um, both the the psychs advice and guidance and the patient's discussions instead of just having a nodding bit part with two lines just the silhouette of a therapist from behind yeah it's been really nice because it is a two-way conversation it's not just unloading and then leaving it's you know you're getting the conversation is steered by the professional so that's been really nice to see yeah I'm I'm enjoying that as well I feel as though Ryan Maloney is a really strong actor when he does emotional scenes and 
I think it's really playing to his strengths to have these uh, therapy sessions in such detail. And also, to be honest, it's really, it's about 15 years overdue, surely. I mean, yes. the man's been through a lot. Your wife went missing. Yeah. Why have you not? He shouldn't, he should, there should never have been a time where he wasn't in therapy. <laughs> yeah. He thought he killed his wife. He fell in love with his best friend and then got jilted by her at the altar. He tried to <laughs> adopt an East Timorese child. How, what do you call someone from East Timor? He tried to adopt a child from East yeah. Timor and, and got rejected. Yeah. He stole a child from a random old woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then he met Sonia. Yeah, that child ended up having ended up being the son of his girlfriend. Yeah, and then all of the issues with kind of not being able to walk for a, a year or so and because of the jumping castle accident never yeah. forget <laughs> mark the date in your diary and then his thought th- presumed dead wife came back he fell in love with her again oops she's a scammer oops his current wife saw him sleep with her on skype i mean come on i mean any one of those things would be enough to need to go to therapy, but all of them together, I'm really surprised that the guy still functions in his everyday life. Stubbing your toe and having a bad day is enough to warrant therapy, let alone all of that that laundry list of things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he's kept on going all these years, but it's definitely, definitely good. And all the therapy sessions are very led by the, by the therapist himself. And I wonder if they've consulted with with a professional about this script or whether or not the person who wrote it has had therapy themselves because it feels very believable yeah it felt very real in all the way up until the therapist pulls out his football and says (laughs) let's go and have a kick (laughs) (laughs) which maybe some people do I don't know I haven't looked into it however it did feel a little bit like a man's talking about his feelings. Quick, we better make this accessible to other blokes. Let's yeah. go kick the footy. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually reading an autobiography at the moment all about men suppressing their emotions and being told that they shouldn't sort of express themselves freely. So I'm very much in that zone at the moment. And you're right, it does feel a bit like, oh, it's all got a bit personal in here. Better go and play some sport to balance it out. <laughs> he did. I did like that. Tony felt like he wasn't done and so Sam said well I've got another opening later today you can come back and so that was fine but then the third time they spoke after I think it was after the footy when Tony had confronted Sonia about well let's not let's put reconciliation on the back burner until I've sorted myself out and he wasn't coping with this decision and he finds the therapist in the pub and says quick do you have time now and I just thought this is getting a bit gray a gray area because how's he going to charge for this like you're going to use up all your free sessions government rebated sessions in a day you've got to leave some of these up your sleeve I didn't think of that but that's true I was thinking more about the kind of confidentiality issue of the whole thing is it normal to just go up to your therapist in the pub and go oh right let's have an an ad hoc session while you're (laughs) drinking a a schooner or whatever it's called because I have heard of therapists giving their phone number and saying if you need to talk to me give me a call um that's quite common so I think it may have even obviously that's not as interesting to watch but it may have felt a bit truer if Toadie had picked up the phone and just said, hey, I'm not coping, and the guy had talked him through it. That might have been 
a bit easier to handle than just, hey, let's have a beer. I mean, also, does he, Toady finds him by chance, doesn't he? Yeah. And so he's just, the guy, the poor guy is just trying to enjoy a pint in his free time. <laughs> and Toady's like, I need therapy now. <laughs> um, if they had played their cards right, Jack could have left the priesthood and become a counsellor or something. And then they, yeah. Toady could, they could have had sessions with him wherever they wanted. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be so good. I mean, they really need to do that because also clearly everyone on Ramsey Street needs therapy. So they definitely could have some kind of in-cast therapist who could deal with everyone and they'd never be short of business. It would be, you know, they'd be in scenes just as much as Susan is at the high school or Carl is at the hospital. In fact, I don't want to pitch it because anytime I pitch something, it doesn't happen and I really want this now. But... There is a current character who's struggling with her career goals and her schooling who would make a very excellent counsellor or therapist. And I think they should consider that when they're developing her future. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I was actually really rooting for Courtney to be giving kind of therapy sessions, you know, like psychological therapy sessions. Yeah. To all the men who everyone thought were having hand jobs from her or whatever. <laughs> whatever the suspicion was. Instead of just pressing into them to make them cry. Yeah, I, I, I found the idea that maybe they were having psychotherapy or something much more believable than I massage them in a way that makes them cry. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if that's actually a thing. But I thought that because also she'd been quoting Freud and stuff in the in the episodes <laughs> just before. And I thought, oh, she's clearly going to turn out to be doing some counselling on the side. And no. <laughs> oh, that would have been way better. Damn it. it. It did make me wonder as well with Sam. So how long has he been set up here? Has he got his permanent office in Erinsborough? If he's comfortable, he's hanging out the pub, kicking the footy around the park, booking a... A, an outdoor space for a Jewish feast day, which, by the way, it, it reminded me of when the Tanakas joined and on the first day they were like, hello, my name is David Tanaka. Where can I buy some sushi? I am Japanese. <laughs> yeah. I need a bento box for my great-grandmother. And same with this guy. I am Sam Feldman. Where can I hold my Jewish feast event? <laughs> I am Jewish. Which then Paige calls your little camping thing oh. or something like that. And I was like, ooh, that's a bit patronising. Oh, so patronising. Did she Did she ever say anything like that to Jack? Oh, your little... Your little Easter ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But I did love the line that someone had about, well, he's religious, so he's clearly your type. Oh, perfect. <laughs> was that Yashvi? Um, Xanthi, Xanthi. Yeah. Was it? Why was Xanthi giving Paige love advice? That's very strange. I didn't even think about that at the time. But... You rarely see Xanthi and Paige interact. That was weird. It didn't even register on me at the time, but just thinking about it now, I'm like, why did they? Clearly restraints on who could be in which scene that day. Yeah. Now, see, this is the thing. We were happy with our Sam milkshake. Yep. It was working well. He's a great psychologist. He's Jewish. Well done. Now they're out of this other layer. We see Sonia has some kind of secret history with him. And so, in fact, actually, we don't know that he's Toadie's therapist. Toadie talks about the fact that he's been seeing this therapist who's really good. And then a random man is in Sonia's nursery buying plants for his office. And 
<laughs> Sonia goes, oh, I think I know that guy. And looks very kind of glowy at the thought of him. Yes. Also, I don't think he paid for them because I think she was the only one on staff that day. And I don't think she served him. So he's shoplifting plants. But go oh, yeah. on. Oh, good point. <laughs> Next scene and Toadie is in the his therapist's office. And you do get a little bit of the kind of silhouetted therapist from behind. So at first you think <laughs> you're never going to see the therapist. And then you see his face and it is Sonia's mysterious guy from her past so we later see Sonia looking through some photos old photos from the past amazing I love when they photoshop kind of 10 or 20 year old photos of the cast yes into one photo to make it look like something that it really existed it was glorious and it was perfectly 90s they had very 90s styling which was amazing Took you right back to the era. I really enjoyed that moment. Yeah, so we learned that this was a staff member at Sonia's rehab facility when she was getting clean initially, which reminds us of Steph and Bell Bell. Yes. But never mind when Steph fell for her psychness, but that's fine. But this guy's more professional. Yeah, so she had a crush on him, and I think she was playing the crush like A plus perfect crush acting from Sonia she, when she was remembering and reminiscing and she went to kiss him and he turned her down because of his job and but there was I guess un, there was chemistry there and everything and that was really exciting I loved all that stuff however and I'm now like oh does he have to be Toadie's therapist why yeah I had exactly the same thought and I'm glad that you talked earlier about the idea of this milkshake with too many things because that's exactly how I feel about it. I was like, okay, this is really cool because Toadie is exploring his feelings and it feels like proper kind of emotional scenes and he's really expressing himself fully for the first time because, you know, Sonia was right that he holds himself back for her sake in their group, in their marriage counselling. And the therapists seem to be giving kind of genuinely good advice and helping him to work things through then you find out that he knows Sonia from the past and now I feel like also maybe I can't trust the scenes with Toadie and the therapist because I feel like maybe Sam is somehow knows who Toadie is married to and could actually be trying to manipulate him yes because wouldn't you go hey I knew a girl called Sonia who was in who had substance abuse issues isn't that a coincidence I knew a girl called Sonia who had given up her son and so now it's going to undercut the psychology and it's going to make people who were maybe considering getting help not because their psych might have this agenda that they're not being told yeah I just feel that it really undermines the whole storyline it you know you feel like you're seeing these really kind of genuine emotional scenes and then you think is he dodgy or is he not dodgy I mean also because of all the dodgy con artists we've had in recent times I feel as though it's probably going in the direction that he's still in love with Sonia and he wants her back or something. I, I don't actually know that because I've not oh, read any spoilers or anything. I know. But I just, you know, I, I, that's very much the, the dread that I have because of recent storylines. Yeah, it's going to be, is this a, a real connection and an exploration of human emotions and, and the complexities of love and, and mental health and... Um, fear and insecurity or is this a guy trying to steal a boat (laughs) yeah exactly 
like the ceramic pig, but the the kind of con artist version of that is a boat stealer. <laughs> yeah, then maybe that is our new trope is when instead of yeah exploring emotional issues, it's just simplified with a cartoonish, um, with some cartoonish villainy. So it's boat stealing. That's it, guys. <laughs> We've coined it. <laughs> I don't really know why they keep doing this. And I feel again like it comes back to what I was saying before about how they don't trust in how powerful the emotional scenes can be, particularly when you've got Ryan acting them, Ryan and Eve together. They're so powerful, especially as a couple. And then, yeah, I'm just like, oh, it's just left a sour taste in my mouth because I just feel as though it's going to be not what it seems. And we're going to be watching Toadie express all these emotions and then it will turn out he's being manipulated by a dodgy therapist, by a boat stealer. Then he's going to need therapy from his therapy. (laughs) Oh, but then either Jack or another unnamed character who's currently yes. professionally directionless could step in and give some proper <laughs> counselling. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, I think we've hit the bottom of the milkshake glass on this one. So <laughs> I think we've solved it. Sally, thanks for beaming in from Switzerland. That's okay. It's my pleasure. It's daylight saving, so I've just... Um, time zones have really messed with my head at the minute (laughs) and also I want to know from people we've had some extra listeners I've noticed on in behind the scenes that we've had extra listeners come in from Japan so if you're from Japan or you're listening in Japan please let us know because we don't know why it's suddenly there is it just I don't know maybe it's the Tanaka contingent maybe they've told a whole bunch of friends and rellos from their (laughs) past (laughs) But yeah, let us know if you're from Japan. So, Sally, where can we hear more about Sweet Valley Why? We are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can just search for Sweet Valley Why and you'll find us. Um, We have a website, which is sweetvalleywhy.com, where you can also find our episodes. Well, Instagram firstly is beautiful because you have a lot of the book covers. You showcase a lot of the book covers and they are something else. We also do that because we like to... um, we have a thing we do every episode where we ask people to try and guess what the storyline is based on the cover art. <laughs> the covers are ridiculous. <laughs> they are really... Um, and also, well, the best thing about them is that um, the cover artist is still alive and for a couple of hundred dollars, he will paint you like a Sweet Valley High cover. Is that what you guys had done? No. <laughs> no. no. Our, you... our, our podcast art is, um, yeah, I think Hayley scribbled over the, the cover for the first book in paint. <laughs> oh, it looks, but it looks so real. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, my ambition is to get that done. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> and oh yeah, we have a, an email address as well, sweetvalleywhy at gmail.com. And you are magenta underscore galaxy. Is that right? On Twitter? Yes. It's a Sweet Valley High reference. Oh, is it? Yeah. In one of the books, uh, one of the characters decides to join a dating agency and she can't decide what kind of guys she wants to attract. So she sets up two fake profiles. One is called Magenta Galaxy and the other one is Daniela Fromage. Oh my God. Magenta Galaxy is like a wild rocker who kind of attracts this guy who's who pre- who's pretending to be a wild rocker but actually he's really into kind of culture and classical music and whatever well thank you sally and everyone check out sweet valley why it's a great time you don't have to read the books because sally and Haley do all the work for you and listen out for me in the 
one of the upcoming episodes in talking about the TV show. And you can find us, neighborspod.com. Rate us and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And we are neighborspod on Twitter and Facebook, as you know, I'm sure. And I'm Vaya Pashos. Drop us a line, shoot the breeze, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks, Sally. Thank you.